Welcome back, everyone, to the Discipled Faith Podcast, where we venture further and farther into the Word of God to embolden your faith. I'm Jeff. I'm James. And stay with us as we go deeper into our series on prayer. In this episode, we are continuing with our series on prayer and diving specifically into the Lord's Prayer. Last episode, we covered what prayer is and how we do it. Today, we're going to jump into the first part of the Lord's Prayer. But for our listeners that aren't quite familiar with the Lord's Prayer, uh, James, would you mind saying it for us and just uh, take it from there? Absolutely. So the Lord's Prayer goes like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So obviously that was the King James Version, and most people today don't really read the King James that much. Yep. Uh, and so for the rest of the podcast, we'll be using uh, the English Standard Version, which is kind of my go-to. Um, so today we're going to be looking at, uh, really, um, at, at, verse, at the last part of verse 9, uh, where Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? And as we go through it, we're going to be hoping uh, to ask and answer the question, how do we really approach God? So since last week we talked about what prayer is as an offering to God, it's something that we give to God from ourselves, our, our supplications, our hopes, our dreams, our successes, our failures, our sins, our confessions, and how we do it, you know, not as repetitive and trying to just, you know, mow God over with our words, uh, but we're going to look at really how do we approach God, and I, I think this is really one of the foundational questions that we have in prayer. Do we approach God as a friend, as mm-hmm. you know, um, as the big default old man in the sky that gives us good gifts, like yeah. Granddad did when he would give you but but butterscotch out of his pocket or whatnot, or do we approach Him really as the Lord God Almighty? And I think that's really what we find in that first part, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, but before I get into that, I, I thought we should take just a minute or two and kind of open up the Lord's Prayer and, and kind of talk about the structure of it, right? Uh, we have this guy that we work with that whenever he talks about anything, he reminds us every story has three parts. It has the beginning, a middle, and an end, right? And so there's a a, a very distinct part where it starts and you know what's going to happen and in the middle you have the story and then it has to close out well. And really, the Lord's Prayer is the exact same thing. Um, I think a lot of times when it comes to prayer, Jeff, that we just start spouting off words. Uh, we say, I'm going to pray and then we just jump into it and we don't really take the time to pause and think about, okay, who am I talking to? Who am I bringing my prayer to? Uh, what am I bringing? Why am I going to bring it? And then how do I close it out? You know, so I would say the Lord's Prayer has three parts. It has the beginning, which is called the preface, the middle, which uh, scholars like to call petitions, which mm-hmm. are just things we ask for. Yep. And then the end, which, you know, in church circles, we have to have cool names for everything. So it's not just the end. It's the doxology, right? Okay. Um, yeah, because we have these things. But what's crazy is... In this small little four-verse prayer, uh, there's seven petitions. There's seven things we ask for. 
and, and honestly, I didn't pick this up until the other day when I was beginning to read through it okay. and study it. That, you know, we're asking for seven different things and we're going to go over all seven different things. But it hit me that seven is the number of completion. And so, you know, without reading too much into it, yeah, we look at this prayer with seven things we're asking. So, wow, I didn't actually, I didn't realize that either until you just said that. Wow, I know it's one of those really like amazing things. You're like, seriously, this is a, a <laughs> amazing pattern, you know. But again, I mean, I don't want to get too stuck on numbers because yeah. you can go down a rabbit trail that oh, yeah. never has the, the end. Yeah, definitely it. can. But. I think at the same time, we understand that what Jesus is giving us as this model prayer um, really is a complete prayer. Right. Uh, the other thing I find fascinating, and we'll talk about this late, you know, in a few weeks, is the end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Uh, we quote it like it's there. Mm -hmm. But I think if you look in most modern translations, it's either in brackets or it's not there. Right. And when you see something in brackets... It means it's not part of the original language. Okay. Uh, so most likely Jesus didn't say those words, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so it's going to be interesting when we get to there mm -hmm. to find out why that was added and why it's important and why we still say it today. Okay. Right. So now that we kind of have an idea of like the main parts, the, the beginning, the middle, and the ends, mm -hmm. you know, um, let's just kind of dive into it a little bit. So the beginning of the prayer, probably one of the most uh, famous words in Scripture, Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I mean, I think this is one of those phrases that you can just stop right there, and the rest of your head, you begin just to recite the remainder of the prayer, mm -hmm. right? And when people say, are you saying the Our Father, people know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. You're talking about this prayer found in Matthew chapter 6. But there's something that it teaches us. The beginning of the prayer teaches us uh, that this is a model that we can use both privately um, or individually or corporately. And the reason why I think that is because it's easy in your prayer closet what Jesus is going to talk about in Matthew chapter 6. It's, it's easy to go and, and close a door and say, mm -hmm. Our Father, my fa Father in heaven... You know, and so this is a very intense personal prayer, but at the same time, Jesus is using a plural collective pronoun. Right. He's saying our Father. Yep. Right. And so this is something that we're doing together. And and I think this shows two things about prayer. I, I think it shows that number one, prayer is a corporate idea, and by corporate I don't mean business, but I mm -hmm. mean just a public idea. Right. Right. It's this public practice, this public discipline. You know, I mean, I wonder if there's a, a sense that if your church is not praying together corporately, mm -hmm. uh, then are they modeling how to have a good prayer life at home? Right. Right. Because okay. you learn these things and you practice these things together and then you go home and do them. And so he says, our father. But then at the same time, I think that word our is such a strong word because not only does it indicate, you know, a corporate community prayer, but... It also, I think, can indicate a prayer within community. Mm -hmm. So somehow when we're praying, we're praying in unison and we're praying in agreement, at least we hope we're praying in agreement with fellow believers around the world that are continuing to pray and we're praying with them on their behalf and they're praying with us on our behalf. And when we say that, that term, our Father, 
I think we're doing that. I, yeah. I think it's a pattern um, that we understand, but I think it also opens up an idea of just understanding prayer with reverence, you know, because we're coming, you know, to our Father. Um, so the beginning of the prayer, I think, has a lot to say with it. But what do we really learn um, from this? What do we really learn from the words of, of verse 9? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, there's a couple of things I think we learn from this. You know, the first thing I think is from this first phrase, our Father in heaven. I think we learn to draw near to God. I think we learn to draw near to God with confidence in his fatherly goodness, um, our interest in him, our interest in his goodness. I think we learn to come to him with reverence and humility and other childlike things that we might have, you know, our affections to him. Um, and I think there's a little bit of apprehension to his sovereign power as well, you know? Yeah, so that, that brings a, a question. Um, you kind of did touch on this earlier, but yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a verse somewhere that says we're, we're to draw closer to God in boldness? But, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's created heaven, so we can't just like barge in there and be like, hey, what's going on, God? <laughs> Give me what do I want. Absolutely. Hey, God, come here. <laughs> you know me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that verse is found in Hebrews okay. uh, where it says, you know, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace so that mm-hmm. we may find help in times of trouble. And, and I think a lot of times we misinterpret that, you know, as, uh, I mean, someone called it like a... Uh, moralistic therapeutic deity which is a really big term for just you know prayers that help us feel better about ourselves you know um and so like if you're having a bad day you can look in the mirror and say god i'm fearfully and one what wonderfully made and then you feel better about your life or mm-hmm. you know if you're about to take a test or you know about to do something hard and you say okay you know i can do all things through christ and then boom and it happens uh, that's that's not what that verse means and i think that's not what he means when we're talking about we're drawn to god with confidence okay I, I, there's this idea that through the holy spirit we have access to the throne of god in fact paul writes that the holy spirit is interceding for us on every every behalf and so when we draw to God with confidence, we know that because of the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, we stand before God in righteousness. And God looks at us in righteousness. And when we're asking him and we're praying in Jesus' name through the Holy Spirit, we're praying into God's will. We're not asking to change God's will. We're not, you know, trying to move God's will. Mm-hmm. I mean, God says in Malachi, he said, am, am I not a great king? You know, he is a great king. He is the sovereign God of all things. He's the creator of all things. But yet, as his children has heirs to God, mm-hmm. as sons and daughters that have been elected and saved in him, we have the confidence to go to him. Uh, but he's also not just God. He's our heavenly father, right? It's kind of like with, you know, my dad and probably with your dad, too. When we know that we're hitting the right notes with dad. Yeah. Not saying that we're going to try to hit the right notes with God, not a works-based theology kind of thing, but when we're hitting the right notes with dad, and we know that dad is proud of us, we know that dad loves us, we know that we are being the son that he is desiring of us to be. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to go to dad and ask for stuff. Because yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, because we're asking in dad's will, mm-hmm. you know. And and there's that there's that same thing when he says that we come to him uh, with a childlike disposition, with this childlike reverence, this childlike awe of I'm going to see the Father, um, you know. But I mean, at the same time, I think we need to 
I think we need to um, sort of pause in, you know, not treat him as daddy. Yeah. You know, um, I've, I've heard those people that say, you know, we're going to go to him like daddy. And, and I understand what they're saying, but I think we need to be cautious uh, and, and remember that God is still God. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not the guy that's going to take me out to ice cream. You know, he's the creator of the universe who has saved our souls from sin, who has saved our souls from wrath, who has saved our souls from eternal hell. And, you know, he commands, deserves, and owes that reverence, but at the same time, he's going to give us those new things. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why uh, some of the standards will say that due to apprehensions of his sovereign power. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's sovereign. We are not, you know. Um, So I think that first thing, we learn to draw near to him with confidence and with humility, you know, and, and, you know, uh, honestly, I think that there's this uh, incorrect sense of humility these days. I always hear that being hum- humble is uh, thinking others better than yourself, and, and which is true, but we take that to mean that it's thinking less of ourselves. Mm, um, that's not right. what humility is. Humility is just this understanding of your left and right limits, your boundaries, what mm-hmm. you can and can't do, and understanding really who you are in the face of an almighty God. Um, and so we come to him knowing that he is God and sovereign and that we are not. And I think that's the humility uh, that he talks about. We also see something else in that first phrase, our Father in heaven. It, it really kind of has an overlooked complexity. Because, um, yes, he is our Father, he is in heaven, but there's uh, this theological tension, I think, uh, that comes in. It, on one hand, we have God's eminence, because he's our Father, and eminence just means closeness. And on the other hand, uh, we have this idea of transcendence as he's the one in heaven and he's over mm-hmm. all mankind and and we can't enter into heaven unless we're granted that by him unless he he allows us um, into heaven and so it creates this tension of and you see this throughout the New Testament this tension of the the now and not yet mm-hmm. uh, there's this present future tension that is running rampant uh, through the New Testament we know that God is our Father in heaven, but we haven't fully experienced that like we will mm-hmm. at the second coming of Christ when we see him and we are taken into heaven with him. Yeah. Right? Um, and at the same time, with eminence or closeness and transcendence meaning that he's the one in heaven and not here, uh, I think it's really easy to uh, take those to a hyper extreme mm-hmm. where we look at God as so close to us that we dumb down his sovereignty Mm. and we sort of forget that the second person of the Trinity was fully human and fully God. And we focus more on the fully human part. Yeah. Uh, At the same time, I think the exact opposite is true. It's very easy to focus on the God nature of Jesus Mm -hmm. and completely dismiss his humanity. Um, and, and, and so when we see that term, our Father in heaven, we, we begin to understand that. We begin to understand that this is a covenantal life that we live um, and that this Christian life isn't just an individual private faith. Um, it's one of community. It's one of covenant because he's not just my father. He's our father. Yeah. And we're together on that. You know, I think that's pretty huge. Um, the second thing, the second phrase is um, hallowed be your name. And this is one I think we just miss out on. Um, 
we just run over it. Hallowed be your name, right? We're like, hallowed. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of October 31st, Halloween, right? So mm-hmm. hallowed be your name. So uh, it means something good, right? But I think what uh, Jesus is really talking about, he's, I think he's really talking about the sanctity of God's name. In fact, uh, the term I'm going to use, I think, is an easy picture to put in our brain. I think there's a hyperlink here. Uh, to Exodus uh, in the third commandment mm-hmm. where God talks about taking, you know, his name in vain. You will not take the Lord, your God's name in vain. You know, Ezekiel says that, you know, um, God will sanctify his own name, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I think there's definitely a, a hyperlink here uh, to that because who are we praying to? We're praying to God and God's name is holy. It's sacred, right? Yeah. So actually I got a uh, comment and a question for for this part. Uh, so the first question is, um, based on the third commandment, so how do we actually use God's name in vain? Because I know I hear GD all the time. People just, is that what it really means? Or is it something completely different? Man, that's a great question. So, yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, as a minister um, and stuff like that, I hear people use GD and they look at me like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, well, don't apologize to me, you know. Um, (laughs) I mean, I'm glad you're sorry, but, you know. So it's funny when you you think about that term, that GD, right? Um, If you follow it through and, you know, let's just say someone's talking about their dog that, you know, did something they're not supposed to do. They're like, you know, that whatever dog. And you just want to go, okay, so listen, what you're saying is that this pet that loves you unconditionally, right? (laughs) You want to call down this same fire from heaven that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, because that's what you just said. You know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I think that's an example of taking the Lord's name in vain, but I think the Lord's name in vain is much bigger than that, Mm. right? I think when we take the Lord's name in vain, we can do it in a couple of ways. We can do it by just really uh, assigning an attribute or a judgment or a word to God that he hasn't assigned to himself. Okay. You know, like if if someone comes up to me and says, hey, James, listen, I, I received a word of the Lord for you, you know, the first thing I'm going to want to know is, does it correspond with what Scripture already says? Right. Because if it doesn't, it's not a word from the Lord. Yeah. You know, and you're taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and there's like, there's no way to tell if he's lying or not, like flat out. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, you know, the Lord told me that if I jumped off the top of a three-story building, um, that I would land safely. You just want to go, I'm pretty sure the Lord didn't say that to you. Um, And you're also taking the Lord's name in vain, right? But I think there's another way in which we take the Lord's name in vain, and this is a little bit more subtle. Um, I think we do it a lot of times in our own worship. When we add things to worship uh, that aren't scriptural, that God didn't add to worship himself, you know, and and that could be a number of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And, you know we have to be extremely careful because God's name is holy. It's set apart. You know, when we look throughout scripture in the old Testament, he talks about holiness. He's talking about being set apart for sacred use. And so if we're setting up, if we're setting apart for sacred use and we're reminding ourselves that God is sacred and he is holy and he's the one that's setting apart us for holiness and sacred use, anything that doesn't uh, correspond with that Mm -hmm. is taking the Lord's name, the Lord's name in vain, you know? 
But I think there's another side to that as well. Um, when we pray in this and we're praying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I think that there's an inherent responsibility on us to sanctify God in our heart. You know, uh, God told Moses in De- Deuteronomy um, mm-hmm. to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and, and strength. And the apostle Peter writes to sanctify the Lord Jesus in your hearts. And so when we're praying and, and, and we pause, we say, our Father in heaven, you holy God who are both imminent and transcendent, holy and sanctified is your name. What we're doing is, you know, we're reminding ourselves that we love and serve God with all of our, with all of our uh, heart, soul, and strength. And we, and we sanctify him in our hearts as we're being conformed into the image of the invisible Christ. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is, is also sanctifying us. He's sanctifying our lives, his name, in our lives. Um, it's, it's absolutely fascinating how in really just these eight words, all this stuff is coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little uh, convicting that this stuff comes together like this and we and we just run through it, you know, we like, you know, like I know the church that we attend and then when I hold church services and stuff, it's not uncommon for us to say the Lord's Prayer together. Yep. And it's just like, our fathers are in heaven, how in the name of the kingdom come, the will be done. Amen. You yeah. Know? Just Cause you know, you're not, we're not taking the time to pause uh, to really open up what they mean. Right. You know? Yeah. So that, that reminds me of the, the, the second comment question, whatever I was going to say, but um, the second part was whenever I'm really, this is my, my own personal prayer life, whenever I start with the Lord's Prayer, that first phrase reminds me that to slow down and to remember like who I'm actually talking to, our Father who is in heaven. I'm not just praying to somebody down the street or a a leader of a country no i'm talking to the god of the of creation the one who made the entire universe who holds it in the palm of his hand any little concerns that i've got he's going to take care of and that i don't have to worry about that and at the same time i probably need to like slow my roll with all my concerns and complaints be like okay i'm gonna shut up now <laughs> you got this type <laughs> thing <laughs> absolutely i mean it does re orient us right Mm -hmm. and and i think that's what prayer does you know um it's very easy to fall into the prayers given our our thoughts and desires to god absolutely it is you know and we don't want to diminish that but Mm -hmm. it's reorient us to god i mean i think i talked about it last week a little bit but i think it's worth touching on now too is genesis 1 1 opens up with in the beginning god and so if you're paying attention the whole story is about God from that point on. Yep. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about having our best life now. It's not about any of that. It's it's only about God. And then I think intentionally Jesus opens up this prayer the same way, our Father. And so not only is the whole story about God, our prayer is about God, and it should remove us from the stuff of today. Right. 
not saying we don't need to pray for the stuff of the day. In fact, we're going to see in the next few weeks that we do pray for the mm-hmm. stuff for the day. For sure, it's important to pray for it, but it's also important to remember, like you just said, you're going to the God of the universe. And maybe, maybe, I know it's a fascinating thought, we just <laughs> slow down for a minute, right? Yep. And just take that, you know, what's the term, the tactical pause to take a knee, <laughs> right? And just to remember that, okay, listen, my life is important, but there's other important things. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's more important things, yep. you know? And I think this is a huge comfort. I heard a uh, chaplain that I really respect uh, preach one time, and he said one of the biggest comforts he has is that, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be the name, that here's a sovereign God, mm-hmm. that no matter what happens, he's a sovereign God, and it's going to be okay because it's for his glory. Absolutely. may not be for mine, you know, but it's going to be for his. Yeah. And, you know, that should bring comfort, right? But that actually really leads into a really interesting question then. If we're praying our Father in heaven, hallowed be the name, then... And, and, and everything is about God, then do we do we only pray to God? Mm, okay. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like, you know, on a Christian p- podcast, as we go through the Lord's Prayer, I mean, that should be self-evident mm-hmm. that we only pray to God. But um, it's kind of fascinating how many times I get that question, you know, who do we pray to? Or how, right. and I think it's wrapped up in how do we pray, but who do we pray to? And, and I think it's safe to say that we only pray to God because only God can search our hearts. Only God can hear our prayer. Mm-hmm. Only God can forgive our sins. He's the only one and true living God. He's the object of our worship. I mean, all that stuff seems to be self-evident, but because of those things, our prayer is is, is only directed to Him and Him alone. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear people say, what about, what about praying to whoever or whatever? And, and this always comes from other religions and stuff like that, some of the pagan religions that, that you know, we talk to and, and, you know, and like, well, you know, I pray to nature or I pray to trees or, you know, I pray to ancestors. I mean, ancestor worship is a huge deal around the world, you know, but at the same time, your ancestors, the tree, you know, especially the tree is not going to search your heart, hear your prayers, forgive your sins. You know, it's not going, it's not the object of your worship. And if it is, it should be, um, Fascinating story. My wife and I spent a few weeks in Thailand years ago okay. on a mission trip. And so out in front of the houses were these little beautiful, in, you know, like intricately carved doll houses, or mm-hmm. so I thought. But there were food all over it, you know, just given there. And, and so we had asked one of the missionaries that we were working with, mm-hmm. what's the deal with the doll houses? And he goes, well, they're not doll houses. Like, all right, so then what's the deal with the bird houses, right? <laughs> they're not bird houses, yeah. like, right? So, so then what is it? And they said, well, these are uh, shrines and temple to the god of that house or the god of the street or the god of the neighborhood or whatever the case may be. Okay. And the food is an offering to that god. Well, it's fascinating that the food was rotting, you know? Um, and so a lot of people will look at that. I'm praying to this ancestor. I'm praying to this spirit guide or this uh, spirit that's going to protect my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but that prayer doesn't go anywhere. You know, a lot of times I think today in today's world, Christians, we get bashed on because we have an exclusive religion. Right. We, we, we say that it's only to God that we can go to forgiveness of sins. It's only Christ that can forgive sins. And people will say, well, that is really exclusive. 
And, you know, a lot of times we want to go, well, you know, and we sidestep and, and say, well, everyone's important, you know, and, and everyone has their own truth. But, you know, the reality is Christianity is exclusive. It's, there's no way around that. You can't hear the words of Christ and say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and go, well, that's not exclusive. You can't hear Jesus saying, you're going to pray like this to God, mm-hmm. the one and only living God, and that not be exclusive. Yeah. So that's why we only pray to God, and, but at the same time, it reorients us to really, you know, why we pray and who we're praying to. You know, the big question for today, honestly, is how do we approach God? And, and what is this verse, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, what is, how does that help us to understand how we approach God? Well, I think we approach God in a state of confidence that He is God, that mm-hmm. He cares for us, He loves us, He has the best intention for us, but we also approach God in a state of humility, right? that we are not God and that He is. And I think, I think that's the encouragement we have in prayer, is we approach God with confidence and humility, knowing that He will love us, He will take care of us, and really... He's got the best things planned for us. Yeah, he absolutely does. Hey, everyone. We thank you so much for joining us on this podcast, Episode 2. It is our hope that you guys are encouraged knowing that the God of the universe is here and is going to take care of your needs. So join us next time as we jump further into the Lord's Prayer with Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. See you then.